Ah, we're finally alive. Mm. This is my fault. I got to sleep in for the first time in seven, nine years, something like that. So prep work got delayed. My bad. All me. But I do not regret sleeping in until 8 a.m. for the first time in so, so long. College kids don't know what you have. You don't know. Uh, but welcome everybody to the latest edition of the summon or not summoning hour. Wow, I'm really off my game tonight uh, or today, this morning, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, sleepy, I slept too much. Sleepy Joe over here. <laughs> sleepy Joe over here, exactly. Uh, welcome to check your six this fine Saturday morning. I'm here with my co-host Syntax. How you doing, buddy? Really good. I'm I'm doing well. We've got tons of matches to talk about there's some updates from cr6's playoffs invite league playoffs as well of as cea's playoffs and what looks to be the last week and upcoming matches of the face it leagues open season preseason shenanigans before they go into a playoffs or a best of, or a single elimination tournament so we'll cover some of those matches just do some predictions kind of keep it high level there's some teams that we, we just don't know anything about don't know their acronyms and it's hard to navigate honestly on their website so we'll figure out how we want to talk about that all that stuff so uh we will start let's start with cr6 i felt like those were some of the best those were the best matches of the week as well as we have syntaxes and eyes uh bracket picks to go over and see how that held down which we're going to save the best match that I got to watch for last because it's also the one that Syntax and I disagreed on. <laughs> so, or one of the ones that we disagreed on, but probably the biggest one of the week. And my hope is that it's not the best match of the season or of the playoffs because I, I hope we get another really good banger matchup going in down into the grand finals. But this might have been the best match of the season so far. Uh, so CR6, we've got uh, Michigan State University versus Texas A&M. Now, I chose MSU. You chose Texas A&M as a, as a uh, alumni of there. So you, you've got your, your squad playing there. And now first map on Oregon, MSU was on the attack at first. Bands were Thatcher, Habana, Lamai, and Mira. We see Mira showing her head again in the bands, which I know you're pretty disgusted with with as a comfort band. Yeah. I mean, on Oregon, I can understand a Mira band. Um, because with the new reworked Oregon, uh, she is very strong in the basement, and she's very strong up top. Um in, in, the, in the kids' dorms area. So, I mean, I can understand a mirror ban um, on that map. Okay. Um, does it take away any validity in, in not banning it? I don't know. I mean, everyone, you know, it just depends, right? And yeah. Oregon is kind of one of those, those, those coin toss maps and whether or not someone's going to play mirror correctly um, and, and well on that map. So, I understand it. Fair enough. 
Now, Texas came out strong in the first half, going 3-0 and on defense and ending the half 4-2, and which, I mean, when you can take more rounds like that on defense on Oregon, it seems like a, a really strong position to move into. Like, you have to take full advantage of being on defense on Oregon. And if you're not going to go equal, go equal, but especially if you're not going to win the majority of your rounds, that that would put you in kind of a dire situation. So of things, I think 4-2 is probably the, the best outcome. That's probably also the most common. Mm-hmm. But once they switched, MSU would win five straight rounds and take the map. Was that on How defense? You, yeah. They, so in the second half when MSU would sw- swap to defense, they would essentially go 5-0 and or potentially 5-1 and if they played it out. But that that going five rounds on defense just showed that they had a better defense, defensive stand than A&M did, which one round makes the difference all the time. Yeah. Uh, and also on Oregon, if your team is against – if you're facing a, a a good team like your you know like your like your own team, if you're not together and coordinated as a team on attack, you're not going to do well. Oregon is one of those maps where you have to be confident and coordinated in order to have a successful attack round, um, especially when attacking a, a site like uh, like basement, uh, attacking a site like. Um, attic because you know when you're attacking attic and basement you've got to attack from two separate angles and be you know um, have a certain level of coordination to be able to attack at the same time and create that kind of a pinch in order to get into the site correctly because if you all just throttle in you know say uh, the the bunker doors in basement or just the uh, or the, the the double window and kids you're just you're gonna get mowed down yeah. because it's just such, it's such a throttle point um, and so it you you have to attack from two separate angles in order to be successful on it. And so if you're not doing that, you're gonna have a bad time. And I think that's probably what happened. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a ton of rounds playing through the tunnel, and there were just some great stands being made. And it was two players down there, someone knowing that there's a read on the right, but not knowing that a second player is going to be there. And so mm-hmm. as as the attacker peeks and is trying to read peek on the right and read on the right the person on the left just comes out and blam no no chance whatsoever and you've stopped that you've stalled that entire split approach and it, now the the approach and just getting into the base is that much harder mm-hmm. uh map two villa again msu on attack first texas a&m defending Bands, Thatcher, Ace, Wamai, Malusi. And after splitting the half by alternating rounds, so it was just back and forth, 3-3 three, three, the entire time, MSU reached map point before dropping a round. So they got three more rounds straight. So it was 6-3. Then they lost a round and another round and another round to Texas Tech, allowing them to claw back to a 6-6 overtime where... Texas Tech would take overtime and take eight, take the map uh, eight to six, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was just, dang, you just let that go by the wayside. Hard to believe that they let that ha- that MSU would let that lead go. I, I know swapping sides, you have that effect, and 
I mean, when you went three and three on the attack, you could probably stand to go three v three on defense. But then to lose two rounds back to back was kind of mm-hmm. kind of surprising. Losing losing defensive round on Villa is uh, it's not good because yeah. Villa is a very very heavily defensive sided map, in my opinion at least. Right, uh, um, from the way I look at it it's very heavily defensive sided and if you're not taking those defensive rounds on villa you're messing up because attacking is so much harder um and you have to be able to if you go into the split uh three three from defense to attack you're you're in an okay position now if you're going from attack to defense at a three three split you're in a very comfortable position um because obviously you know defense defense on villa is, is, is fairly easy yep yeah I, I mean i think about the the vault room and the billiard room defense and just how scary that can be with all of your operator utility setting up that room and then just the the great how many spots can you hide in that's hard to get a read on and that way you can also rotate around and make some great reposition moves if someone's threatening uh, to take those spots like there's just so much you can do with that that it's hard to think that they threw that round twice over mm-hmm. yeah um it happens yeah it really does it happens more often than i think is reasonable to be honest <laughs> uh map three went to cafe msu decided to defend this time around first and they closed out the defensive half going four and two once again and basically never looked back once they got on to attack they just went round after round and they dropped one round one more round to texas a&m but then closed the map out seven to three operator bands on cafe were thatcher ace melusi and mira uh once again so msu michigan state university coming out and looking really good really good i mean they were the 16th seed going up against the 25th seed AM. and so i mean balance of power it looks right it sounds right uh the fact that even map two was so close they just probably msu probably just had a few missteps and that's just what allowed texas back in but seven to three and then going five straight rounds against texas tech uh in oregon like that that seems like a fair assessment of power this was really a 16th seed against the 25th seed and msu just mm-hmm. had more more game to play mm-hmm. so te- texas tech is out msu continues on to the round of eight or final four my mistake round of four uh the other matchup that i got to catch and i updated over Twitter and DMs to Syntax last night as it was going on. Uh, and the one that we we clashed on and my personal favorite match of the season, uh, the entire season so far, this is Akron versus Texas Tech. And it was incredible, incredible to watch because one, this was the first time I've seen this season that Texas Tech, that another team has taken it to Akron and just given them hell. And that's mm-hmm. that was exactly what I was hoping for. This is the f- the what was it the fifth seed, Texas Tech. 
sixth seed Texas Tech versus third seed Akron. So we're getting to those high level matchups right now. No upsets. This is the the power that powers that be, the powers that prove themselves in the season. This is where we were supposed to see them. This is these are the big matchups that you wanted to see. Now, map one on Clubhouse, Akron defending first, Texas Tech attacking, operator bands, Maverick, Thatcher, Cade, Mira. Texas Tech came out fragging. Like, honestly, Akron looked slow, lost at some time, at some points, and just outplayed, got outplayed most of the rounds that I saw. It was clear mm-hmm. to me that Texas Tech had been studying Akron and had just really their play impressed me. It's not just that they studied Akron and all the VODs that they had, but Bates, uh, who is it? Bates, Cantcoot, uh, and Buck. Those three really impressed me on Texas Tech. Um, what really impresses me is just subtle things. You can tell when teams are good. Uh, when you see the the, the op bands right mm-hmm. i know i'm going off on on op bands but um Please. it says maverick thatricated mira so what happened yep. was first team banned maverick the second team banned thatcher but knowing that they banned maverick uh and they banned thatcher that they weren't going to be able to get hatches no matter what so they had to go ahead and ban Cade, and then the other team banned mira so there's there's the only acceptable reason why you would ban Thatcher and Cade in the same in the same band, because they banned Maverick, and so without without that or without Thatcher or without Maverick, you're not going to be able to get those hatches open, yep. right? If they ban Thatcher, so you have to ban Cade on Clubhouse. Okay, nice point. It's very it's very 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 adaptive of them. So I'm impressed. There you go. Now, like I said, Texas Tech came out fragging. They took four rounds on attack, and it put them in such a great position to just close it out. They closed it out 7-4, to four, and when you can win against Akron by more than one round, you know you're doing something right. Akron just looked like they were on the back foot the entire time. It was, it was bizarre. It was, like, honestly, just not seeing that level of domination come from Akron. It just like it looked wrong honestly uh mm-hmm. map two went to oregon akron would defend again first bands were thatcher ying Malusi, mira uh there was some chat around the ying ban uh some banter back and forth uh i forget who it was i don't think it was surma on akron but he felt a little attacked by the ying ban so <laughs> it was funny to see a little bit of that personality from the teams come out uh, in chat that way, uh, Texas that, Tech. Did, did he take that as a target ban? Is that yeah. what he was mad about? I, I think it was Serma. It might have been someone else, but uh, yeah, they were just like, I, I feel hurt <laughs> in chat. Regardless if it was a target ban or not, Ying is actually a pretty acceptable ban on club or on Oregon. Yeah, um, I couldn't tell you how many times um, teams don't teams don't uh, expect Ying right. And mm-hmm. so you can you can use Ying to a very very high advantage on Oregon, um, and so what's your, banning. What's up? What's your favorite approach with Ying? Um, well, so what happens is what you do is you have someone. So if you're, if you're attacking 
kids dorms right what i'll do is i'll have a teammate um breach in through the attic right mm -hmm. what happens is there's always there's always a mirror watching um from the side they have a mirror window planted and they've got the rotate hole so they can watch the attic if anyone drops down that little ledge in the attic yep and so they can kill anyone there what happens is i'll have that teammate get ready on that ledge and then i'll rappel down <clears throat> i'll stick a i'll stick a ying on that window and just ying the whole room and then he'll push around oh, I um, see. And kill that mirror. um because a lot of times not just not just the mirror sitting in that room but there's always somebody else sitting in that room too so mm -hmm. the not it doesn't so the ying doesn't all um only ban the mirror or blind the mirror it blinds everyone else in that room yep sweet solid move uh, let's see. We were in map two, Oregon. So Texas Tech opened up with a 2-0 lead. Akron equalized, and then it was back and forth round after round until it was 6-5 to five in Akron's favor. So at one point, they had to win two rounds back-to-back, -back, but then they still kept trading. Uh, and in this one, uh, there's going to be a clip. I'll share it in chat. Um, there it is. Let's see. Make sure it goes out. There you go. So this is IMAT's save clutch one versus three on round, what was that, round 12 to make sure that Akron wins the map. It was just a beautiful one versus three. Now, I know you called out that there was a misplay in there by one of Texas Tech's players, but you can't take away that 1v3 in the basement when all of those operators are right around IMAT and he just planks two of them single bullet just great reads all the way around yeah it was great reads um it, it was an incredible play by akron but it was also a really bad play by by texas tech <laughs> yeah. um because it was a three it was a 3v1 and these guys because imat was there these guys are sitting there looking around for imat right yep. All you had to do was sit and hold one angle. It was three v one. You don't have to. You don't have to go and feed and look for this person because this person obviously is going to bait you guys. Yep. So why would you just feed yourself to him? And then in the last, if you guys are watching the clip, in the last he kills he kills a bait who I said didn't live up to his name very well. Um. <laughs> First of all, Bait put himself in a terrible position. Second of all, he didn't even have... I don't remember how many seconds were left on the clock when he killed Bait, but he did not have to peek that. And he chose to. If you're at last the alive... At the start of it, there was about 30 seconds. And so I believe... So, uh, I believe that IMAT took out uh, the last player with about 15 seconds left. Yeah. Literally... Literally all um, Bait had to do was he was in a bad spot, right? So as his other teammates were dying from peeking, all he had to do was run to freezer stairs and just hold an angle because that whole wall was open. Mm -hmm. All he had to do was sit there and, and run and hold an angle and, um, I mean, and not they, show himself. Yeah, and they, they knew where he was at. They had the diffuser down, and it seemed like they were. I I, I didn't get the sense that they were, um, rotating to get together. It seems like they were all rotating to try and pick him off, to be the one to frag out and close close the map. 
yes or close that's around exactly, exactly what they were doing and it was, um, it, was which, it was the pressure to tie the pressure because that was six five in akron's favor it was they had a 3v1 they felt the pressure to close the round so that they could go 6-6 six, six into overtime and up to this point up to that point that 6-5 round up to that point i thought texas tech was going to pull it out had it gone to overtime i have a feeling that texas tech would have won that map and 2-0'd akron which would have been upset of the season playmaker of the season I would have been holy crap texas tech slept on the whole season type situation but i feel i feel like that that pressure just got to them mm -hmm. um i think oh i i think tech just in that last moment either one they were getting uh they were getting hungry and selfish or two they were just not situationally aware of like the actual big picture here mm -hmm. um they were focused more too too much on their their own situation that you know killing the last person alive rather than realizing hey it's a 3v1 with 30 seconds left we don't have to move yep um and they just they, they just it. threw that out the window yeah yeah and homie migs join us in chat again same with lucho oven thank you guys for coming in uh homie migs calls out jet playing out of his mind the series yeah Jet absolutely impressed me on the Akron side of things. He was just a beast round after round, and it felt like there was a number of rounds that Akron won solely because of Jet's play. Now, I mean, mm -hmm. Akron plays as a team, but when so many rounds were going out of control or going towards Texas Tech's favor, it seemed like Jet was the one who pulled them back into favor a lot of rounds. Like, I'm at imat was not the star of this series as he has been in previous ones though that, that clip shows you why imat is always dangerous but jet really came in and held held that series together rookie of the year absolutely from yearn sorry if i'm mispronouncing that yr3 ne i don't know how to pronounce that three yrene or something like that yrene maybe uh map three went to cafe once again uh, Akron attacked first this time. Texas Tech defended op bands being Thatcher, Maverick, Wamai, Mira. Uh, Akron opened map 3-0 to o to lead, but it was short-lived as Texas Tech would come back three rounds of their own and equalize the half. And the series deciding map would go into the second half. Who could win four rounds first? But once again, once... Akron got on defense it looked like there was no going back Akron finally started playing like I've seen them play throughout this season and it, they ended the map 7-4 to four. so the fact that after having such a rough start and losing map 1 having a really difficult time closing out map 2 to then keep Texas Tech to one round in that second half and then pull it together to be a convincing win seven to three or seven to four that shows me that they have they, maybe they feel a little more comfortable in cafe or that they just they finally woke up they didn't feel like it didn't feel like they were on the back foot as much it didn't feel like they were getting outplayed outgunned it just felt like they'd finally warmed up and come come into the map they knew what they had to do or they realized how much of a threat texas tech was which i'm not sure if they really understood how much of a threat they were up to that point so 
uh, Akron continues on to the Final Four where they will be playing Purdue. Unfortunately, I don't have any stats on that map. I couldn't find any VODs or links or social media updates. So Purdue, second seed overall, taking out the 10th seed Ohio State University varsity team. That caught both of us off guard in our bracket picks. And I believe it was, we thought it was Homie Miggs calling it out in chat last week saying everybody's sleeping on Purdue. And you're right, man. We slept on them. We had no idea who they were, where they're coming from, what happened. And Purdue offering up a potentially better matchup than the Texas Tech one as it's the second seed overall versus the third seed Akron. That's going to be a matchup to catch uh, and watch the stream every round of that series. Now, the other matchup that we didn't get to see and couldn't find really any updates on was Cal Esports versus University of Georgia Red Squad, UGA. And UGA took out Cal Esports. Now, this was a 12th seed versus 13th seed, so it was going to be really close one way or another. But UGA being Syntax's pick, Cal being mine. This is the other series that I lost the pick on. So to break it down, I had MSU, Syntax had AM, MSU won. So woo woo, won me, won oh me. Uh, Cal Esports lost to UGA, Syntax had UGA, I had Cal Esports, one and one, looking pretty good there. We had both chosen Ohio State to take out Purdue, and we both slept on Purdue, so one and two, <laughs> still tied between the two of us. And down to that final matchup, Akron versus Texas Tech. Syntax to chose Texas Tech, and it was very close, but your man Warlock had our Akron once again, had their back, and goes up two and two in this bracket, pick them up to this point so as you think about purdue versus akron and msu versus uga what are your picks um i'm gonna go with uga yep okay uga so we got uga 12th seed over 16th seed michigan state sounds about right i could see that mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm still gonna go with, uh, well, <sighs> yeah, I'm still gonna say Michigan State. I'm I've been impressed with their play uh, over and over. And now they've they're gonna learn from a lot of the mistakes that they made against A and M, uh, but I think Michigan is gonna be great. Wanda Swan won. I swear to God, recall what what did I do? <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a Georgia player. Oh, he's, he's a Georgia. A... <laughs> he's, he's... I'm sorry. How many teams do we need to slam? I mean, uh, so okay, let's go back to the bracket. I, I'll defend myself here. Let's see, UGA versus Georgia Tech. Honestly, fourteen zero against Cal. Well, okay, let me, let me back up. Okay, Georgia Tech, okay, 21st seed. I, I'm not I'm not going to think much about Georgia Tech, honestly. 
CSULB, they have slid so far from last season that, yeah, they're fifth seed here, but they just do not look as impressive. Their losses were heavy losses, and you beat them. 12th seed over 5th seed. Yeah, you are an impressive squad. But CSULB has slid in consistency and just the overall performance what I've seen. And Cal Esports, Cal Esports, let's see. CU Bowl, or let's see. Cal beat Boise State, up and coming team, unproven. This is the first time Boise's looked really competitive and made it into an invite league or premier league. And Cal Esports I've just never really thought much of them, honestly. Like, I, I, but their performance against Central Missouri, who really shocked me with some of their matches across leagues, that's what gives me more hope in Cal esports because, uh, yeah, that matchup alone. Then now it's Cal versus UGA. I honestly also just haven't seen you play. I haven't seen a UGA match. I, I, I don't even. I don't even need to see you be Akron. I don't need to see you be Akron. You be MSU, I'll give you the clout. But when you look at the other side of the bracket where MSU is coming from, Northeastern, Ohio State Gray, the JV squad, Mississippi State, University of Montreal, St. Clair, UTSA, and Texas A&M, and MSU is the one standing on top of that side of the bracket, that is a much, much better looking bracket side of the bracket. In terms of previous history and everything, MSU coming out on top of that as kind of a rookie squad even because Michigan was not on the map last season, just not there. They were all down in, in the open league. Uh, so, I, yeah, UGA, you've been com- consistently competitive. And this year I think you've looked your best in terms of overall performance. So I, this is going to be a great match. Don't get me wrong. I also just want to disagree with syntax. That's that's the other point. I want to make our bracket pickums interesting. So Cal overrated back-to-back semesters. I, I think you're right. I honestly think you're right. Uh, so we'll see how this breaks out. But MSU, UGA, I'm going to back up MSU. You beat I'm- MSU and you can... F- I mean... <laughs> I mean, you, then you look at the other side of the other other side of the bracket, Purdue and Akron. I I I admit I slept on Purdue. I wrong on that front. One They've, one thing I didn't realize is uh, I didn't look at it until today. Purdue seed number two. I didn't realize yeah. that they were yeah. seed number two. Purdue seed number two, and yeah, and we've had multiple people like Homie Megs called it out last week, saying we slept on Purdue. Purdue has been creeping up there. I mean, who has Purdue taken out? Uh, SHASU, 31st seed, no big deal there. Kennesaw State, longtime competitive team. Uh, Ohio State had taken out Iowa Gold and uh, and CGC UIC. So, I mean, again, a, a scrappy squad, but Ohio State varsity, 10th seed. But... One thing, like Ohio State, St. Clair, all of them, that Northern division was just so competitive. So you can't just look at the power rankings. But Purdue, number two, is there for a reason. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going with Purdue. And honestly, after Akron's last last performance against Texas Tech, I would I would be 
lying if I didn't say I had doubts about their performance. And you know what? I'm I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say Purdue's going to win this. I'll agree with syntax on this. Purdue's going to win versus Akron. Akron needs to show up. And if the, it comes up that they're playing against another high, highly competitive squad, um, yeah, it, they may not be. They might have been so accustomed to just dominating their matches that when they get to a really good squad, it might like I don't know if they're scrimming. I don't know if they're still doing like those challenger leads league scrims that they've been looking at like. I don't know how much more competitive they've been as opposed to previous years. Homie also said weeks ago that they were looking better than ever. This last matchup against Texas really cast some doubts on that, even though they've been overperforming the weeks prior. Purdue, I just don't know enough about. But, yeah, Akron's last performance may, gives me some hesitation on whether or not they can pull off something against a team that's considered – even higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Akron needs to show up more or less than each team better do their research before going into this match. Yeah. Uh, I, both teams have proven themselves to be very strong. Um, it's, I think it comes down to who, who does their research. So, yeah. How many people ban Mira? yeah <laughs> so uh yeah i'm gonna go with purdue also but i think we're we're gonna have the split at msu green and uga this time around so sorry Juan swan wanda swan uh prove it to me here prove it to me here you you beat msu green and uga is going to have a much higher standing up in my head now we'll 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 see we'll just see Juan. I believe in Georgia. You guys better win. Don't make me look stupid. <laughs> I mean, this this goes back to my preference for the divisions. Northern is the strongest. Uh, I think Northern is the strongest division overall, and MSU is coming from there, which seeds them lower because there are so many good good teams in the Northern Division. But then also, UGA coming from i don't believe it was the gulf coast i be, i think they were southern i think they were southern were you guys southern or gulf coast in cr6 let me know but i mean for them to rank higher to me it says that they are msu green is coming in from southern okay okay so that gives me some more room to pause they were originally miscategorized. Miscategorized. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So that plays a role. But I'll, I'm I'm going to stick with MSU. But I'm sticking with MSU. But I do believe that the northern divisions are stronger than southern. I think it's a little bit of a toss-up probably a 60-40 split between Northern and Gulf Coast squads. Texas Tech, very impressive, but St. Clair, Akron, Ohio State, the University of Montreal, those were just scary, scary teams, and they were all lumped into one. So that's where I stand on that. Now, we've done a lot of CR6 discussion. Let's move on to CEA. 
which we've got FIU versus CU Boulder, which was a really impressive stand for me from CU Boulder Black. Now, let's get into the matches. Uh, map one on Villa, FIU versus CU Boulder. First positions, FIU attacking, Boulder defending. Boulder ended up winning 7-4. to four. Uh, It was bands, a Yeah, it Lucho was, was saying it was a throw. Was th- really well, well. I mean, FIU is FIU. Last season in CRSL, they were the only team to take, and I believe actually across all three leagues, Akron, uh, CR6, CRSL, and uh, CEA, that FIU was the only team to take round or take maps, take a or win a, a series against Akron. So FIU kind of showed up a little scary this season, seeing what they could do. I don't know how much their roster changed, though, but boulder uh boulder has had consistency problems this season and it started off early and it seems like they started getting better in the later part of the season and moving into the playoffs like the fact that cu boulder took a map off of madison red was impressive in my mind beating wreckers was kind of a done deal um but i i could see why lucho is saying that it was entirely winnable just given how it breaks down to a two to one and the last map, just a heartbreak right there. Um, but map one, seven to four for CU Boulder, Bands, Thatcher, Thermite, Valkyrie, Mira. Map two onto Cafe, FIU wins seven to four. Thatcher, Jackal, Mira, Valkyrie, the Bands. Uh, Lucho saying they had zero strats going into this season. I mean, that, that's the deal. You you lose a number of players and you have to kind of, you not kind of, you have to rebuild your entire playbook. Um, and then you have to hope that you have those same players going on to the next season or into the next year, even the summer, especially this last summer with the breakout of COVID really complicated things and made challenges for students in different ways. So one-to-one going into map three, FIU, uh, FIU attacked first on coastline, Jackal, Ace, Valkyrie, Mirror the Bands, and it goes into overtime. Ugh. And <laughs> FIU just clutches the the overtime eight to seven. Uh, definitely a, a heartbreaker, a hard fought loss for CU Boulder, and for for them to even take it to overtime with the squad that they have with zero strats at the beginning of the season and to go this far to take it to what was it the round two in the losers bracket and be one round away from semifinals the top four teams like that it's still an impressive run so we can look forward to see boulder being in being a player being a late game player in next season in the spring uh i'll be excited to see how they do there and see how the uh, even the face it preseason looks for them. So we'll we'll get a better sense of how they grow over the winter and into the spring season. So that, that was a good matchup. I'm sorry, Lucho, that it felt like it was a throw, but I enjoyed watching it and just kind of catching up on some of the highlights of it. Last but not least, Akron versus Michigan Technological University. Once again, Akron comes in, and this is this is the Akron I expected against Texas Tech. Now, maybe MTU is just that much weaker of a team, 
maybe Akron just had the read on them the entire time, but Akron map one on Clubhouse seven to one, map two MTU take it seven to four, so it was close, and then Coastline seven to three in Akron's favor. I mean that those are the map readouts that I'm used to seeing from them. Um. And so Akron continues on. That puts them into the finals. Uh, they will play. Let's see. And I don't have a read on Madison Esports Red versus Pennsylvania State University. So if somebody's got that, I'd like to know. Um, but the fact that FIU will be playing the winner of that matchup. And then MTU will be playing the winner of FIU versus that match. Man, so potentially got Madison Red, Pennsylvania, and Floor FIU, and MTU in the bottom, uh, in the through making a run through the losers bracket, and then playing Akron. So we've got at least two matchups ready to go. Um, that should be a three map series. We don't like her on coast. Yeah. Okay. So there's more mirror discussion in chat, which is good. Uh, we'll get to well, syntax is going to get to the root cause of this Mira epidemic in collegiate Rainbow Six bannings. There has to be a, a root cause to this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. Syntax is going to go coach the entire collegiate scene. No banning Mira, or very specific situations rather. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, we have the Face It League. Now I've pulled up all of the upcoming matches we're going to breeze through these just to go quick uh let's see i've got all 26 groups with the upcoming matches there's one or two matches per group so we'll, we'll go quickly through this uh norwick versus trine in group a uh no real read on those teams uh uic versus northeastern that's going to be a really good one uh, Northeastern was the 32nd seed in CR6's invite or Premier League, and UIC was 20 something, I think. UIC was 23rd. So, good matchup there. That'll be happening in a couple days, about 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so, on the 9th, Iowa State versus Illinois State. That's going to be a really good one. They've played each other a couple times now this, this season. Yeah, I agree, Lucho. The the face it groups are a joke, but we still have some matchups from teams that we do know that are good. Uh, I, I'm really hoping face it takes the critique from the players that these groups are messy, uh, unorganized, unrealistic. Uh, so I hope that they take that feedback when it comes to the. Uh, to the spring season when it's their real competitive season as opposed to the preseason. Yeah, like Homie Miggs is saying, Iowa State versus Illinois State. Yeah, casual based on the semester. Well, I, I mean, I buy that and I don't. Yes, it's casual based on the semester because they want the spring to be highlighted, but they're not practicing what that spring season is going to be looking like. And as a producer, as someone who likes to prepare and minimize risk and in, in esports where you have to consider the competitive integrity of your league 
and set yourself up for the best success setting up a league like this to practice your tech like this is not the way i think i can show you the way but this is not the way uh carnegie mellon versus uc san diego that i could see that being a stand-up match unc charlotte versus cincinnati red i think i favor charlotte over cincinnati uh but it should be a good matchup all the way around uh manoa versus elan i'm looking forward to that one uh purdue versus southern arizona purdue likely going to stomp southern arizona but a good test a good scrim for southern arizona to learn something uh nova nighthawks versus asu asu kind of fell down a little bit this is uh nova's opportunity to step up a little bit learn a lot um wait sorry is there oh sorry not no it's Keterine, uh versus another jwu i don't know who that is let's skip that one uh, Kennesaw versus RIT. That should be a fairly competitive matchup. CSULB versus Humber. CSULB has a lot to kind of recuperate, and I think Humber is an appropriate opponent for them in Group G. Um, multiple groups later. We still don't have another good matchup. Six groups later, still not another good <laughs> matchup. Uh, face it, Armada versus Boston. I think Boston has that plain and simple, but full sale. They're kind of like Maryville Jr. Um, and Robert Morris Jr. And they're starting to like they have their arena. They probably they have a great coach, very vocal in the scene uh, or director in the scene, but. I haven't seen them make those competitive moves yet to get those really highly competitive players on their squads. Um, <laughs> UGA Red versus Cornell. I, yeah, pretty sure UGA just has this one in the bag. See, see, I can choose. I can choose UGA Wanda Swan. I can do that. Uh, I think that's St. Mary's versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State in the bag. Uh, MSU Green versus Ottawa Green, hands down. Boulder versus Sam Houston JV. Lucho, you got to tell me you got you got that one. Should feel good about that one, I think. Um, yeah, most of the now that I'm really looking at these and not uh, just trying to get ready for the podcast, like a lot of these matchups are just so one sided or just full of unknown teams. It's exciting to see so many new teams come in. Lucha Olven agrees that CU Boulder's got that matchup. Uh, there's so many unknown teams here that the teams that have been participating in CEA and CR6 and even CRSL last season, they have such, advan such an advantage going into face it because they, exactly, they know exactly who they're going to face. They have years of VODs, multiple matches of VODs going up against their opponents. And if they're not one of those squads that's in in um, I lost my train of thought read chat. Uh, but if, if the squads that are just joining Face It because it's now Face It, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't 
ring true that these are competitive teams. Yeah, there, there's not really many other matchups that I can even really call out that would be interesting to watch or try and keep track of. I feel really bad for Miami-Dade because they're going to be playing Akron. UBC versus UMBC, that might be something to watch. G GCU versus another U of A. Bears, it looks like. Um, sorry, U of A. GCU is just going to stomp. New York Tech versus UNT. That could be an okay matchup. Mid, low mid-tier kind of map. Uh, let's talk about this. Face its biggest problem. Since they advertised a lot of schools created teams to compete with, no prior experience are full of low golds and silvers. No sense of competition. And this is exactly my problem with the preseason. They are setting up all of these low golds, silver squads, randomly, randomly, and you're getting them matched up against Charger Blue, Akron, Georgia, St. Clair, CU Boulder, Oklahoma State, Boise State, Boston. You're getting all of these squads who are just going to get obliterated. Or like nine times out of ten, obliterated. Okay, here's here's where I here's where I disagree with this whole logic. Um regardless of the team's individual ranks mm -hmm. it's still a competition it is right and so no matter who you and you know if if you believe that you're going to win you know no matter who you get put up against you should be confident you're going to win right yeah, the, so the teams will be but yeah. look at the look at the look at what homie is saying that that because face it advertised colleges are or these clubs are building squads and they're coming in and face it has not organized the league in a way to give them the best chance like none of the face it and all these other leagues provided all of this data frontwards towards ubisoft and by association face it about how good these schools are about how yeah. good some of these and so this preseason if they wanted to set it up so that schools are getting used to scheduling your matches reporting in on face it let them know let them learn the logistics at least pair them up against schools that are going to be competitive like have some good matchups show off your league in the best light and for the teams that don't have a competitive history let them play other teams without a competitive history so that you can at least have a hope of learning something as opposed to getting stomped by teams like Texas Tech versus University of North Dakota. Here's here's where I th here's my uh, my theory. Uh, this I believe this preseason might be them gathering that info on where to, where to place people. Right. Um, I, so I think maybe in the main season, you're going to see a little bit more accurate matchups because of this whole preseason where everyone got matched and who beat who and what kind of steel they have and, so, and, um, and, and some of that stuff. Because what, what else would be the point of a preseason, right? If you're going to have a main season, I think this is might be the preseason might be to get a better idea of how to seed teams. Um, and how to do how to do matchups? Yeah, there there might be a prize for the preseason, but uh, tomatoes, tomatoes. 
you know the 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 real competition comes down or the the real prize pool comes down to the main season so um but also homie mix saying in the rec league which is i'm assuming is part of face it as well a team yeah. got pulled out of the rec league because they had a diamond player Or another team pulled out of the recreational league because another rec league team had a diamond on it. Oh, a team. Okay, so this diamond player caused caused another team to pull themselves out of the rec league. Yeah. Wow. That that just tells me you don't want to get better, right? That they're they 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 want to play people of their same skill level and they want to stay at that skills that same skill level forever how do you want to be competitive if you can't if you don't want to play against better people so and here and i, I just looked this up in the rule set the initial the inaugural season will not be seated so they're not gathering data or they may be gathering data on this preseason but it's not going to be in effect until next year's spring season Unless okay. they decide, that makes, unless they decide that the fall season isn't another preseason, um, that make that might make more sense because you know obviously you'll need a bigger sample size in order to mm-hmm. to get a better representation better yeah. of all the schools, right? Um, so and, I, th- that might be the reason that they're having this inaugural season is to get all that kind of information they're trying to get all i think what they're trying to do is they're advertising it so much is because they're trying to get all the schools in as as many schools in as possible so they can gather as much data as they can so they don't have as many schools just like randomly joining throughout these next couple seasons and i mean yeah sam houston just Sam Houston <laughs> JV just for, forfeited. There you go. Um, okay. Yeah, and when in the preseason, that this isn't the rec league. This is the preseason to the competitive league, and you have teams just forfeiting. If like, if, there's clearly some value for the teams that are being missed. This preseason, to me, feels like it is set up for Face It to learn how they're going to produce this content they're not treating the teams with much integrity or respect like i don't know how much you all have been reached out to by face it to be like keeping an open communication i i don't know how active the face it discord is but it's it just seems like it was thrown into their laps and they've had the summer to figure it out or part of this only a limited amount of the summer to figure it out they constantly take feedback. Okay, so that's good. They're taking feedback. Um, but yeah, I I just have to really. I mean, the, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. The the they're sorting out what teams belong in rec league, what teams belong in the competitive league. The teams themselves are figuring out they're forfeiting in the competitive league. Maybe they belong more in the rec league. You've got the rec league people bowing out because there's two competitive people because they have good people on their teams i mean the the skill level of the player doesn't represent the intent of what that player is trying to do rec league is going to be for fun if you want that national glory and whatever prestige go play in the competitive but 
the teams that are also in the rec league have to understand that. Like imagine, imagine being so afraid of one player yeah. that you pull your entire team out of the league. Yeah. That seems imagine. silly. I mean, it's think about intramural leagues on college campus. There's always the, the squad of football players on the football team playing flag football. Like, Oh, and, and yeah, they're probably going to dominate, but your intent is to go out there and have fun. Yeah. To go out there and, I mean, some teams are going to be competitive, but it's also meant to be for fun. If you want to be competitive, go play somewhere else. This happened week one, legit lasted one week. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I hope that, so the... The collegiate rules for Face It are updated every five minutes, so I'm gonna have to pour over this and see what they have changed. It looks like they haven't they changed something as of the 23rd. So conference adjustments have been made based on previous feedback. They don't go into itemized breakdown of that. So what states report to which of the four conferences? That's been updated a little bit: East, South, Central, and West. Um. It looks pretty straightforward. East is just stacked with teams, but they're taking into a lot of the a lot of the Canadian um, towns and districts um, that seem to make up the brute force nature of how many more were added there. But um, yeah, that's just a breakdown of Canada. So I mean, otherwise, it looks fairly balanced from a conference perspective or from a state-by-state -state basis, but it's going to be interesting to see how that breaks down in terms of competition. I I worry that, like, let's see, it's going to be a six-week Swiss matches based off of groups that's not going to be seeded. So my concern here is that the preseason groups is representative of the groups we're going to get in the actual season, and yikes like the competition just isn't going to be there you're going to have mm -hmm. to wait like you're going to have to wait six weeks to get the top team from each of the groups into the playoffs and then start seeing good matches so it just depends on the content that face it can make from the matches during the season and how well they can publicize that because i think any one of us who are sitting in chat or doing this podcast we're going to go okay, you hyped up the 132nd team versus the 128th team. You made that look competitive and good, but how are you going to translate what a great matchup is versus just doing the standard content creation and hype? Um, I, I really hope that the production level raises this league because the organization of it and the competition thus far just seems misorganized and like their priorities are less on the formation of these groups and the com level of competition in this in this in the competitive season as opposed to focusing on the teams and focusing on the competitive integrity of the league like they are still figuring out fundamental foundational needs for their league that's what it feels like to me So good discussion. I hope to hear more. Let's let's make it a point to talk more about face it feedback. I'll do a dive 
into the Discord, see how people are feeling, see what's going on there, and have a better read on it next week. And we will probably also be wrapping up or getting close to wrapping up some of the, the playoffs. We'll at least know who's in the finals for both CEA and CR6 and look forward to those matchups coming up. But next week, I think we will also do some some study and understanding of Face It a bit more. So we'll maybe we'll see if we can get a guest from Face It to talk about things. So I know we've been critical of it. Uh, I think it's just because all of us in chat and Syntax and I really just want it to be a league that means something considering how they came into the scene. So make sure that everyone sacrifices and reads after the face it announcement during the summer doesn't leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth about the scene any last thoughts chat or syntax um no not really i think we pretty much touched on everything today yeah all right chat we'll give you about 30 seconds while i do the sign off and the the follow-up so if you enjoy the podcast, feel free, feel free to subscribe at anchor.fm slash check your six. Now, you don't have to always listen it, listen to it through anchor.fm. That is just where I'm hosting it. That is, there's like eight other sources that you can get this podcast from, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the big names, and many others as well. So feel free to subscribe there. You can also leave messages for Syntax and I for the podcast to play on the podcast and discuss your feedback, your comments, all of that by going to anchor.fm slash check your six with the numeral six slash message and you'll be able to record up to a one minute message for us where we will take it onto the stream, take it onto the podcast and talk through your comments. So we would love your feedback that way. Also, you can look forward to the next podcast being around 10 o'clock maybe 10 30 depending on if i get to sleep in again for the first time or the second time in almost a decade uh 10 10 30 is about our start time we'll get more consistent as i get better at this game uh so look for us next saturday as well and in the weeks to come while the fall seasons are wrapping up Outside of that, you can find me on all social media platforms at Warlock Recall and our buddy here, Syntax, at SyntaxGG, everywhere except for Twitch, which is Syntax underscore GG. Any last messages, buddy, Paolo, mine? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I'm, okay. I think I'm good. All right. Let's go MSU, Wanda Swan. I apologize once again. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong and show UGA should be on the top. Should be more highly respected than I have considered you all. Looking forward to it. Uh, I will see you all next week. And thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us in chat. And we will talk soon. Later, everybody. Bye.